Welcome. You are listening to a special episode of TLR's podcast. In this series, we are talking to the reviewers who brought you TLR's 55 most reread books. Each episode breaks down the list into specific favorites for that reviewer. You can find more reviews and best of lists on thelesbianreview.com. Today I'm joined by Victoria, who's talking about her selection for the 55 most reread books that was just released on TLR. Victoria, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm always happy to be here with you. So, we did quite an epic list. 55 books that we reread. It's no small number. It was interesting for me what, because we have favorite authors, you can see that there are certain authors who we all gravitate to, but not necessarily the same books. So what is it you think, what is it you think about certain books that make them reread books for you? For me, they're books that usually it's the characters that speak to me. Plots don't necessarily matter. For me, it's character driven. And you'll see in my list that I have a special place in my heart for books that feature mothers with small kids. There's going to be three or four on my list that that fill that. And I can relate to that, so I, I look for those. And then usually it's whatever characters resonate with me. So I go back to them over and over for that sort of sense of contentment. So that's why I'll I'll reread them over and over. Totally get that, actually. I agree. There's certain characters that just, I feel it in my soul. <laughs> also, if there's a nice helping of drama, mm. lots of ups and lows and ups and lows, then that'll draw me in for sure. Absolutely. You and I definitely have that in common. We like the, the angsty feeling that, you know, oh no, what now? That's right. okay well let's get started then you have quite a list i went in order of my favorite down okay my first pick is starting from scratch by georgia beers which for me will always be the greatest lesbian romance in all of history (laughs) i will i will die on that hill i love that (laughs) book so much and i think i've read it at least a dozen times so here's the blurb It is the story of Avery and Elena. Elena is a mother and Avery is not. Not only that, but Avery is not sure she wants the responsibility for looking after a child. And Elena is not sure she wants to expose her child to possible heartbreak if things go wrong in that relationship. Through a series of events, the two women will fall in love and Avery realizes that being part of a child's life is a special gift and it can be a lot of fun. The title of this novel is also delightfully appropriate because baking has always been a part of Avery's life and it becomes an integral part of the story. So why I love reading it. Like I said, I'm a sucker for books where one of the women is a mother. And in this book, Avery and Elena, they're just an absolute perfect match. There's a wonderful chemistry between them and it's really believable. You know, it just seems natural. Avery is in awe of Elena's beauty and grace, while Elena sees Avery's underlying sweetness. And uh, I also like that Avery is slightly shy and awkward and on the short side, so that works for me. And when they get together, they bring out the best in each other. 
Beers also does a great job in amping up the sexual tension between the two of them. And one of the most charming things about the book is Avery's relationship with Elena's son, Max. And it's just lovely to see them bond. And he just worms his way into Avery's heart. And in this book, the conflict does not feel overblown. It feels, you know, like it, it really is a problem for both of them. But then what really gets me is when Avery's world falls apart after she and Elena have broken up. It's Max who comes to her rescue and helps her process her grief in a scene that always reduces me to tears, no matter how many times I I read the book. And it's part of what Avery realizes what unconditional love really means. Of course, that brings Avery and Elena back together. And it's a romance, so they get their happily ever after. And it just fills my heart with such happiness that I'll reread this book probably another 12 times in the next few years. And Avery has the best dog. Mm-hmm. Lord knows lesbians love dogs. And <laughs> Steve is fantastic. So that's why it's one of my all-time favorites. And I just got a signed copy of the book. So that was sort of like tantamount to getting Madonna's autograph. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. This book is such an interesting book for me because it's on so many people's lists. I think this book, though, came out at a very particular time in, in Lesbian's history where we were we were wanting that contemporary, very sweet romance written well. And we got it in, in the Beers book because I think I, I can't tell you how many people say that this particular book is is like a turning point for them in Lesbian. Definitely. I, I've never heard from a reader where I've said, oh, I love starting from scratch. I've never heard a reader say, yeah, that was okay. I mean, everyone just seems to love it. And it was one of the first books I think I came upon about 10 years ago that really, really let me know that I found my people. It was uh, also one of the first ones I read. So it also made an impact for me. Yeah. It's, it is available on audio for those of you who are interested. And the funny thing is, I'm not an audiobook person. And I was having a chat through the TLR Facebook group. And someone suggested, oh, you should read the audiobook. And I said, nah, I'm not a fan of audiobooks. Even if Georgia Beers read it herself, I probably wouldn't like it. And it turns out she, of course, did the audiobook. And she had chimed in with a comment, I think just a laughing emoji and it took me a while to figure out why <laughs> yes uh this was one of the books that um uh, dog Ear audio produced and they actually got beers in herself to do the narration for it just really interesting okay what is your next read my next read is Anne playing the role of herself by k.e lane and that is wonderfully narrated by Lisa Cordelion. This book is about actress Cadence Harris is living her dreams after landing a leading role among the star-studded veteran cast of Ninth Precinct, a hot new police drama that shoots on location in glitzy LA. Her sometimes co-star Robin Ward is 
magnetic, glamorous, and devastatingly beautiful. The quintessential A-list celebrity on the fast track to superstardom. When the two first meet on the set, Ninth Precinct, Kate is instantly infatuated but settles for friendship. She's positive that Robin is both unavailable and unattainable. Soon Cade sees that all is not as it appears, but can she take a chance and risk her heart when the outcome is so uncertain? The leading ladies and the supporting cast of this debut novel will charm you, entertain you, and leave you with a smile on your face. And that is 100% true. This is another book that I see come up on a lot of people's list. Mm. This one is is also an audiobook done by Dog Ear Audio. And K.E. Lane has never written anything else. That we know of. This is true, Perhaps. because K.E. Because Lane could be writing under some other name now. Right, and we just don't know it. Right, but as far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. K.E. Lane is impossible to get hold of and has never written anything else, which right. is one of those sort of... Uh, tragic things about Les Fick is sometimes somebody will come along and write something groundbreaking and then disappear. And we're like, what happened to you? I don't know. I, I like to think that maybe she is still writing Les Fick and widely popular. We just don't know it's the, the same author. So why I keep coming back to it. This book is epic. It's a fantastic celebrity romance it's filled with angst upon angst, uh, and it's romance at its best. It's got highs, it's got lows. In this case, it's got highs again and lows again, then highs again and lows again. And Cadence and Robin are really nicely layered characters. Cadence is sort of straightforward. She wears her heart on her sleeve. It's Robin who always seems to be a little baffled about whether or not she wants to come out, whether she wants to show her true feelings to Cadence. She does when they're alone. She does it when they're out in the public. And that's confusing to Cadence. But eventually, Cadence wears her down and Robin can't escape her feelings for Cadence in the end. And uh, it's just a warm and wonderful book. I also love it because it's set in the world of network TV and that's where I used to make my living. So that is really nostalgic for me. And she did a great job portraying that. Uh, and it's funny because I, you've read it, right? Mm -hmm. What cracks me up is bless her heart. Cadence just goes through one crisis after another and she always bounces back. And that just sort of adds to the general angst and humor of the book and uh one thing that i think is interesting is it doesn't end with a solid happily ever after it ends with a happily for now with the two of them deciding we're going to pursue this and see where it goes and back when i originally read it i thought oh my goodness maybe we'll get a sequel <laughs> but that's not going to happen. But I would have loved an epilogue. That would have been nice. But, um, and this is a case, you know, I don't care for audiobooks, but this one is outstanding. And the narrator really, really nailed the characters and just made the story sing. 
I'm a big fan of Coda Leon. She's got an amazing voice. And usually I don't think that the narrator lives up to the voices that I have in my head. Mm. But in this case, she absolutely did. And, and I love it. And in this instance, I've read this book so many times that I can quote lines from it. <laughs> and so for me, that's a sign of something that is truly special. I love that. I totally get it. This book also has, I think, was on a couple of people's lists for reread. Yeah, I think I think I share it with Tara and Kelly. Yeah. All right. We've got quite a list to go through, so let's move on to the next one. The next book is A Wish Upon a Star by Jeannie Levick. Leslie Raymond spent the past two years wishing her life had taken a different turn. It's time for her to make a fresh start, and she moves across the country with a new set of rules to help her heal. No straight women, no women with kids, and no commitment. But when she meets her new neighbor, the beautiful Erica, and her special needs daughter, Sienna, she struggles against the pull she immediately experiences. Erica Cooper has learned to rely only on herself. She knows most people don't stick around when the going gets tough. And when caring for a child with autism, the going gets tough a lot. She's content with the quiet and emotionally safe life she's constructed. But when they are befriended by their playful and, damn it, really hot neighbor, the walls protecting her heart threaten to crumble. Okay, so why do I come back to this book? Uh, Again, here's a great story featuring a single mom with an adorable child and a great dog. And this book is special to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, As a mother of a daughter with autism, I can really relate to everything about Sienna, everything that Erica is going through and everything about their special relationship. And then secondly, uh, through the TLR Facebook group, uh, I met Jeannie, and she knew that I have a daughter with autism. So while she was writing the book, she asked me if I would be a sensitivity reader, and I jumped at the chance. And what blew me away is Jeannie absolutely nails She nails Sienna's character. Uh, She really got, you know, how some children on the spectrum are. They're like snowflakes, so not one is exactly like the other. But she also got what mothers are faced with and how it really changes your life. And as she was sending me maybe three or four chapters at a time, I was convinced I was convinced that there was a kiddo in her life with autism because she really got it. So I think in the whole process I might have had two minor comments because she really really did a great job with it. So one of the things that I really like is especially in this book Leslie and Erica are two really I don't want to say ordinary. They're just they're like women I would know. They're in their 50s. Neither one of them is a celebrity. They're just two women with their jobs and, you know, going through life one day at a time. And they have this attraction, but both of them are wary. You know, Leslie's wary about becoming involved with 
another child because she's dealing with that heartbreak from a previous relationship. And Erica is convinced, as a lot of mothers are, that no one is going to understand what it's like to have a kiddo on the spectrum. So she's very guarded and she just does not want to get involved. So the absolute best part about this book is Leslie's relationship with Erica's daughter, Sienna. Leslie just gets this kid and they strike up such a sweet friendship and Leslie accepts her, you know, with all her, I don't know what you call it. She accepts her with all her little idiosyncrasies. It's just heartwarming. Sienna almost steals the show. And Leslie has a dog named Gus, who's right up there with Sienna. And it just makes for a really heartwarming story. I guess as a mom with a kiddo on the spectrum, it made me think, oh, maybe there's a Leslie out there for me. And despite the fact that I read it as a sensitivity reader, as soon as it came out, I read it again. I loved it. I read it again. And so it's it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I know I'll keep going back to it in the future. I must say, if I was going to trust any author to write uh, sensitively about a, a child with autism, it would be Jeannie. She is an amazingly thoughtful and kind and deep-thinking human being. Yes. And she's a great writer. Her writing is really strong. I've read all her books, Yeah, all of which are slightly different. And like I said, in this case, she really uh, hits every emotional, every emotional high point and low point. She's also not afraid to tackle subjects which are difficult. It's difficult to write about a child with autism and to make the mother a romantic lead. And it's difficult to write about an ex-con, you know, in such a way that people are rooting for these, you know, for these characters. So, yeah, I think Jeannie's an amazing author. And if you haven't read her, go look her up. Pick up any of her books. Yeah, you'll be, I mean, any, any one of them is a winner. Absolutely. Okay, my next book is Perfect Rhythm by Jay. Mm. Pop star Leontine Blake might sing about love, but she stopped believing in love long ago. What women want is her image, not the real her. When her father has a stroke, she goes home to be with him in Missouri. In her childhood home, she meets a small-town nurse, Holly Drummond, who isn't impressed with Leo's fame in the least. This isn't the only thing that makes Holly different from other women. She also is asexual. And for her, dating is a minefield of expectations that she's decided to avoid. So the question is, can these two very different women move their friendship to something more and something that's not based on sexual attraction? This book is really special. I had never read anything about an asexual character, so I was going into this with little knowledge and no expectations. And everything about this book is sweet, but not overly sentimental. It's just a simple romance that gave me all sorts of warm feelings, and it got me teary-eyed in all the wrong places. <laughs> and Leo and Holly are a really great example of how opposites attract. You know, Holly's just sweet and down home, and Leo's led this almost Taylor Swift existence. When they first meet... Leo really does not like this woman at all. And I think that's based on the fact that Holly's closer 
to Leah's father than she is. And again, I like this book because it's character-driven, not really plot-driven. And the two move from a tentative friendship to a loving relationship. And with Holly being asexual, this relationship is built on intimacy, great communication, and a very mutual respect. You know, I just kept saying, ah, 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 throughout the whole thing. It's a really satisfying love story. And I believe 100% in Leo and Holly. So that is my, my love story with Perfect Rhythm. It's interesting. Jay had that story in mind for many years before she actually tackled it. She wanted to ensure that people read it. So she wanted to ensure that she had a big enough name before she tackled an asexual character for Les Vick. Oh, that's interesting. You can see she does it with respect and she doesn't treat it as a gimmick. Uh, the next one on my list is The Road to Madison by L. Spencer. And that's uh, you can find on audiobook with uh, Lori Prince as the narrator. As the sole heir to her family's banking empire, a lot is expected of Madison Prescott. Falling in love with her childhood friend, Anna Perez, is not in the cards. As Madison's father puts it, a gay daughter married to the maid's daughter running my company over my dead body. By the time George Prescott dies, it's 15 years later, and Madison and Anna have been ripped apart by his lies. They haven't spoken since, but Madison has spent every minute waiting for this day to come. Unfortunately, it turns out that time has not healed wounds. Why was Madison willing to give up everything in the face of her father's threats, and why can she never tell Anna the truth about what really happened? Caught between a present day they can't trust and a past they can't forget, Madison and Anna must decide if this is their second chance or their final heartbreak. Now, I know this is on your list mm -hmm. of, of rereads. This book is absolutely delicious when you're looking for a, a hunk of angst. I just could not get enough of it. And I really want Netflix or somebody to make this into a movie, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's just good. It was your review that did it. Your review pushed me to read the book because I had read um, Al Spencer's other book, uh, the the one about the actresses. What's that called? Um, Casting Lacey. Thank you. Yes. Apparently my brain is not remembering names right now, but Casting Lacey. So I had... I read Casting Lacey. Casting Lacey was sweet, but, you know, it wasn't a, a reread for me. It was it was nice enough. And then your review came out for this book. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give it a try. You know, Casting Lacey was fine. Maybe this book is better. And this, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad you reviewed this book. I couldn't even tell you. This book is epic. I loved reviewing this book. And it took me a long time to review it because I really wanted to do it justice. Because it's just, it's so layered. And I love the fact that you see Madison and Anna as little girls, as adolescents, as teenagers, as women, you know, going off to, off to college. They both grow and they change, but they seem to do that together. And then when Madison's father steps in to end everything. It's tragic. 
And I have to give it to Spencer. I mean, she has written a truly awful villain Mm. in George Prescott. You know, he went to any length to keep these women apart. I love the opening of the book. I was just going to say, that opening, you see, because when you open so dramatically, you open with a grave and you're not quite sure what's going on and then there's this very violent reaction to his death from both women and now you, he has to live up to that right right that's that's a very high expectation now for the reader and she completely pulled it off yes he's 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 a truly awful man and i get anna's rage i get her rage she doesn't know why madison you know, pulled away from her. I would have that rage too. If, if it had been my childhood sweetheart who just turned her back on me, I'd be angry too. And I would show up at that graveside to pay my final respects or disrespects, however you want to want to look at it. If you love books like Fated Love by Radcliffe and epic, dramatic, deep romances this book is something you need to explore yes and i love the fact that while anna thinks that she's been deserted madison has spent her entire life making sure that anna is okay she's just done that behind the scenes and like i said earlier i'm not a big fan of audiobooks but wow Lori prince's her narration is fantastic she does a great job showing them as children and as they grow up. She, you know, the way she portrays that is just wonderful. And that made the book even better. And after I listened to the out of book, I went back and read it to see how they would compare. And it's just as good. That's interesting. I can very rarely go from having read a book to having listened to a book, but I may in this case actually do that. It was good. And I will, I'm a huge L. Spencer fan as a, as a result of this. So this is a good one. People should check this one out. Mm. Thank you for spending your time with TLR. We rely on the support of listeners, patrons, and advertisers. So please click on our links to buy, check out the show notes to find our Patreon link and support our advertisers. You are listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast. We bring you the best lesbian books, movies, and music reviews on thelesbianreview.com. Okay, the next one, we share this one as well, is Wild by Megan O'Brien. And this one is available as an audiobook narrated by Alexandria Wild. The only thing that frightens shapeshifter Celine Rhodes more than the full moon is the idea of falling in love. Celine has lived her whole life with a, with a terrible secret. Not only can she take the form of any animal at will, once a month the full moon transforms her into a fierce wolf-like creature without a human conscience. Managing her condition means living by strict routine and more importantly, abstaining from intimate relationships with human beings. Celine is convinced that love and friendship can only bring her pain. 
Forensic pathologist Eve Thomas is well acquainted with the pain of romantic love. Swearing off relationships after having her heart broken by a cheating ex, Eve throws herself into her work, catching serial killers. When Celine comes to her aid after an attack by a masked man in Golden Gate Park, Eve is shocked by how powerfully she is drawn to her mysterious savior. Shaken by her own feelings for Eve, Celine is even more terrified to realize she isn't even close to being the scariest monster stalking San Francisco. There is someone out in the city who is killing for pleasure, and his next target is the one woman he thinks might be able to stop him. And that's Eve. So I have to make a disclaimer. I've read every book that O'Brien has published three or four times. So it's not just the sexy bits that keep me coming back to this book, but it's this plot that really, it captures everything. I mean, you've got the romance, you've got the erotic romance, the shapeshifter aspect, and then the wonderful thriller about this serial killer. So it just hits every note. And with all that going on, the relationship between Celine and Eve has a certain innocence about it because they've decided that love is not for them, but they can't help but fall in love. They're just so tender with each other. I mean, even, I mean, the sex is off the charts, but there's just a really tender element to it that really, really appeals to me. And O'Brien does a great job amping up the tension because you know at some point Eve is going to find out that Celine is a shapeshifter. And so you're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And when it finally does, the book just explodes into drama. And it, it's fantastic. I love this. God bless Megan O'Brien. She really knows how to combine sex with a good story. How do you... How do you write this this book has me completely like baffled. How do you write a story that's a erotic romance with the shifter and all the drama that comes from Celine not being able to control the shifts around the full moon and angst around somebody finding out or her getting loose with a serial killer? Like I know. <laughs> it's crazy and it works ridiculously well. O'Brien's yeah. a genius. She is, she can write anything. She could probably turn the phone book into something fantastic. I think you're right. And the narration on this was just gorgeous. Definitely one of my favorite audiobooks. Okay, the next book on my list is Charming Memory by E.L. Bossert. Jamie Jordan, a well-known actress and single mom of four-year-old Max, plans a quiet summer in her hometown of Crestwood. Her serenity is shattered when a delivery truck barrels towards Max on a wet summer morning. He is rescued at the last second by a passerby. No one knows the identity of Max's savior, who is not unconscious and cannot remember her name or her past. Jamie invites the mystery woman, temporarily named Boo, into her home while Boo recovers and they search for Boo's real identity and family. As the paparazzi close in, Jamie and Boo try to manage their growing mutual attraction and track down the one name Boo remembers, Maria Garcia. Can Jamie and her family trust that Boo is just an innocent hero? Is Boo married or is she available? And can Jamie and Boo resist each other long enough to find the answers? 
So yet again, here is another book uh, with a great main character who is also a very dedicated mom. The fact that she's a glamorous actress just adds another layer to, um, to the book, and that's a big bonus for me. And I don't think many people have read this book, and I really encourage people to do so because it's an all-around fantastic romance. And again, one of the strongest things about it is, of course, there's the pull between Boo and Jamie, but Boo strikes up the most delightful friendship with Jamie's son, Max. And I think it might be because of her amnesia, but there's something just very vulnerable and innocent about Boo, uh, which makes her very compelling. And it's interesting to watch Jamie and Boo fight the attraction because clearly Boo is an honorable woman. She doesn't want to get involved with Jamie if there is someone out there waiting for her. So um, there's great chemistry, a great kiddo, and yet another fantastic doggy. So, so this book really gives me everything that I love in a romance. So you need a, a mom with a cute kid, a cute dog, and a, some sort of drama as to why they can't just get together. Exactly. And the, the other main character has to step up and be woman enough to love a woman who will always have a kiddo who comes first. Totally get that. Alrighty, now we get to All the Wrong Places by Karen Callmaker. Brandy Monsoon is looking for love. Since there's never a shortage of casual playmates at the tropical resort where she works as a fitness trainer, most of the time she gets it. If Brandy tires of the perpetually curious but primarily straight women, there's her best friend Tess for a friendly encounter, safe with no strings. After all, they're best friends. When an all-lesbian tour group arrives for a week, Brandy is sure she'll be in paradise on Earth. The guests include a lesbian celebrity comic who has an obvious interest in after-dinner Brandy. Celine and Brandy do explore pleasure together, so why does Brandy feel as if that's no longer enough for her happiness? Okay, first of all, let's just acknowledge the name Brandy Monsoon, okay? That is like, that's like right out of a, uh, a drama from the 80s, like Dynasty, combined with a stripper name. <laughs> Um, this book is a friends to lovers romance and God bless Karen Callmaker. I mean, she's a really strong author and wow, does she know how to write sex? And there is a lot of sex in this book. This a book is so hot sex. that it was actually published under Bella after dark, which is like the erotic sort of section. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> It's very hot, and, it, and, it's, and it's sweet. Bless her heart, Tess has really bad PMS, and somehow the two of them figured out that great sex is the answer to the PMS, which I wish I had figured that out when I was their <laughs> age. But uh, 
Brandy is called home for a tragic event and uh, going home where she's not accepted, her sexuality is not accepted, really makes her contemplate uh, what's important to her. And she realizes that she does have real feelings for Tess. And once she realizes that, she's all in. And uh, that's sort of her come to Jesus, come to Jesus moment. And uh, Tess is there for her and is saying that there's a happily ever after a spoiler. No. I mean, this is a romance. It's a so. romance. It's a cool maker. They, they, of course, there's a happily ever after. And I read this, I reread this book all the time. I may not reread the entire book <laughs> a lot. I mean, there are plenty of dog-eared pages in this one, but uh, this is a good one that yeah, I've read this one a lot, and uh, I really enjoy it. And what's cool about this book, particularly, is Tess is bisexual, isn't she? Yes. Right. Although, at first she doesn't realize it, then she realizes it. That really doesn't sit well with Brandy. And I think that's also part of what makes Brandy realize that Tess might be the one for her. Right, because Brandy was exclusively with women of the resort and Tess was exclusively with men. Correct. Right, and then Tess said to Brandy she wa she wanted to, to sleep with women as well or something like that. Right. And that's what you mean. Right. Um, it's not a case of, of you know, uh, Brandy being unhappy that Tess was sleeping with men. It's more the other way around. Right, and there is a bit of jealousy on... Brandy's part and a, and sort of a lovely uh, you know Brandy wants to look out for her and Brandy wants to make sure she isn't taken advantage of and that's a very sweet aspect and should, okay. we, should we mention that this is one of the the like I don't read a lot of erotic romance but from what I've read most do not use dildos not really correct correct and Brandy has no problem with that and what's lovely is in this book there's a gr there's great examples of consent mm. you know brandy her she wants to go with what is going to make tess feel good and so you know she checks with tess she makes sure that tess is open to it and that's a real plus mm. in the relationship yeah, they, they talk about it a lot. It actually was a really good example of that. And for when it was written, it was very forward-thinking because it's it's a little bit of an older book from a time when, when sex was not necessarily that consensual in fiction. Correct, correct. And now, uh, now consent is playing a bigger role, and I like that a lot. Absolutely. Okay, next up is At Her Feet by Rebecca Weatherspoon. During a night of web surfing for celeb gossip and masturbatory material, digital marketing producer Susan Kim stumbles across an interesting thread while checking her profile on kinklife.com. Susan isn't exactly looking, but the request for a very specific type of submissive from the attractive mistress, uh, Mommy P, is hard to resist. 
Though the two hit it off during their first online conversation, Suzanne never imagines how strong their real-life attraction and compatibility will be. After a few missteps in training, trust, and communication, Suzanne finds a deep love with her mistress, Pilar. Overworked and overstressed in her daily life, Suzanne comes to crave their relationship for the visceral escape it provides. But before they can make the ultimate commitment, someone from Suzanne's professional life threatens to disrupt their perfectly balanced bliss. Now, this is definitely erotica, and it definitely is part of the world of BDSM and kink. And I know that that can be a turnoff for some readers, which is, that's fair. I love BDSM and kink in my erotica. And this book is a standout because the BDSM is not gratuitous or salacious. The power play is very integral to their relationship. It corresponds with who they are at a very base level and what their needs are. And they're not afraid to voice what their needs are. The relationship itself, you know, there's the dynamic of the age play, but then there's the dynamic of these two women who do really develop feelings for each other. There's something very real about it, something very honest about it, and while the sex is off the charts, there's kink, like I said, there's kink, there's bondage, there's age play, that's secondary to the journey that these two women go through. And that sets it apart from a lot of the erotic literature that's out there. It's definitely not for everyone, but you know, it worked for me. I've got, you know, I've got a great imagination and this really worked for me. And Weatherspoon does a fantastic, I mean, she did a research and uh, she makes the characters more than the uh, roles that they play within the BDSM relationship. I think that's the key, though, is if you use the BDSM as a, as a, a catalyst for growth, change for the character, then it'll work. Correct. And uh, it really brings these women together, and it's a, it's a sweet romance. People may not equate BDSM and sweet, but this is a wonderful pairing, and I, I recommend it. If people want to get their feet wet, this might be the way to go. Just their feet, huh? <laughs> just, just their feet. <laughs> Again, I've reread the book from beginning to end multiple times, but I've also reread select portions that <laughs> appeal to certain aspects that, that I have. Okay, then my last book is Unexpected by Jenny Frame, and that's narrated by the absolutely wonderful Nicola Victoria Vincent, who, my goodness, I could listen to that accent for hours. Uh, this book is about uh, self-made business owner Dale McGuire has always enjoyed two things in life, women and fast cars. Now in her mid-30s, she is restless and can't work out why. 
Then one day, a 10-year-old boy turns up claiming to be her son, and her simple, ordered world turns upside down. Rebecca Harper bears the emotional scars of her father's crimes, and now she has two worlds. Never let anyone get too close, and never admit weakness. Thanks to an anonymous egg donor, infertility didn't stop her from having a child, her son Jake. Now pregnant for a second time, she is horrified when Jake brings home the woman he believes is his mother. When distrust turns to understanding and passion, can Dale and Rebecca, two women bound by fate, make a family neither one of them expected? So once again, here is my my go-to, a single mom raising a lovely, precocious child. And for the life of me, I can't remember if there's a dog. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. One of the sweetest aspects is the relationship that Dale builds with Jake. And it really, uh, for the first time, makes her think that she might actually want a family. And that's something that she never, never thought was going to be part of her life. And it's interesting because Rebecca, she's a bit of an ice queen when we first met her and she goes out of her way to keep Dale at arm's length. And I thought one of the really sweet things was every time Dale comes over to her house to either make some repairs or to see Jake, she begins their interactions by telling Rebecca a really corny joke. And I I thought that was lovely. And like I said, the narration is wonderful. Uh, the slow, steady development between Dale and Rebecca is is lovely. And that Jake is just adorable. He absolutely and, is. And he's a brilliant he, kid. He's a very brilliant kid. And Jenny Frank does that without making him feel like she's turned an adult character into a child. Hundred percent, and this uh, this is a lovely happily ever after that neither one of them expected. Hence, it's unexpected. <laughs> but this is a good one, and I'm again, I'm not a big audiobook fan, but this one really worked for me. And I don't know if it's because women with accents turn me on, but I know my accent doesn't necessarily do the same thing, but I, I really love it. And Dale is just the most adorable woman. So this is a lovely book that I go to. It's, it's sort of like starting from scratch. When I want to go back to a book that just fills my heart with warmth, this is one of those books. I find a lot of Jenny Frame's books do exactly that for me. They're sweet. They're almost like contemporary fairy tales in terms of the, the just niceness of it. That's a wonderful way to put it. Uh, I read uh, Wooing the Farmer. The Farmer, yeah, this year, and it was definitely, definitely that type of book. Have you read Courting the Countess? Yes, I've read. I've read every book in that series. Okay, and uh, that's a good one. I think Wooing the Farmer is the last. Yes, uh, it is. But that's a. It's a great series. Frame can write anything, and I will. Love it, really. I haven't. I haven't read anything. 
other than the Axdale trilogy, but I, I would love to branch out. And especially with her paranormal series, I'd like to tackle that one. She she does butch femme combinations really well. And what she does with her paranormal stuff is really interesting. But I don't want to go into a Jenny Frame discussion because then I can be here for the next hour just, you know, analyzing Frame's <laughs> That's true. And she does write fantastic butches. Mm, she really does. She just kind of gets them in a yeah. in a really sweet, amazing way that makes me want to go like hug a butch. <laughs> and and wooing the farmer, unexpected. And in, unex, in unexpected, uh, Dale is definitely just as dreamy as you can get. Absolutely, Dale is adorable. All right, Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely, my pleasure. So, where can people find you online if they decide you are just the bestest things in sliced bread and they want to connect with you? They can find me on Facebook and they can find me on Twitter at the Thomas Reads. And I love hearing, I will discuss books forever. So, yeah, if you're out, if you're out there and you want to talk books, please contact me because I can do that all day. And uh, Victoria is as brilliant as sliced bread. So you should totally connect with her. I will put links in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Thanks so much, Victoria. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning into the special TLR podcast series, where we have been chatting about our favorite rereads. Please make sure to use our buy links for Amazon or become a patron. Using our buy links gives us a small commission on purchases you make on Amazon within 24 hours of clicking the link. Becoming a patron means you get exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash thelesbianreview for more.